this thing. Um, the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. And um, I heard a preacher say that means that we're to embrace the mystery more than we understand what's happening. That's what Zach was sharing this morning during transition. Sometimes we don't understand what is going on, or we try to analytically figure it out. Lean not into your own understanding. Lean like on a table, like it's not what I hold on to. My understanding is important. Intellect's important. Understanding and knowledge is important, but it is not my anchor. He's my anchor. So lean not in my own understanding and embrace the mystery of who Jesus is. Can you say amen to that? That was free. Has nothing to do with the message. But it was just kind of burning in my heart. So how many of you guys have been enjoying this um, courageous um, series? So good. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Chris taught. I wasn't here, but I listened to it, and it was awesome. Last week, Zach... Um, preached on just courageous living. And today, I'm going to share with you guys briefly on courageous yes. Can you say yes? yes? I think so many times we think we're saying yes, but we're not. And I want to talk about that. We say yes when we can control the outcome. We say yes when we have checks to back it up. Remember, there was a season of our life where we were really blessed financially. My husband was in the mortgage business, and um, the business was booming in Vegas, and so we were reaping that harvest. And I remember being able to say yes to whatever God said yes to whatever God told me to do, because in the back of my mind, I could just write a check if he didn't come through. So sometimes we say yes because we can control it. Um, I really like to be in control. I think God put something inside of me to enjoy it because he knew he was going to give me five kids and a whole church. I kid, but I love it. I love to be, um, I love to be in charge. I love to run things. It was just, it's just, I'm designed to do those things. So somebody like me, my personality Trusting the Lord is one of those things. Uh, but Jesus, I think it should be done this way. Have you thought it through, Lord? So somebody like my personality, it's a little bit harder for me to just like, yes. Sometimes we say yes, but we're only saying yes because all hell is breaking loose in our lives and we have no other answer but to say yes, Jesus. I've burnt every bridge and destroyed everything I can destroy, and now the only option is God. You been there? Met those people? Got some t-shirts? That's not a real yes. That's a fire sale. That's not a yes. But there is a yes that comes from an encounter with God when there's no backup plan. There's no other options. There's just you and Jesus. 
Bill Johnson says it's like signing the bottom of a blank page. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'll say yes anyway. And that's the kind of yes I'm going to talk about this morning. That's the yes I want to share with you. Because I believe that when we get to this courageous place in our life where we're willing to say yes to whatever God brings our way, it will explode our life for him. Sometimes we think we're living purposeful. Sometimes we think we're living our, the fullness we can possibly live, but we're still holding back from God. And I promise you, saying yes to Jesus is worth it. I promise you, no matter what you feel like you might sacrifice, the yes is still more valuable, and on the other end is still more glory. Um, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Then he goes on to describe some angels that he saw. If, I'm, if I had points, which I don't, the first point would be when Uzziah dies. Now, King Uzziah was a very prideful and presumptuous king. He took the place that was never meant for him. He tried to be a priest when he was meant to be a king. He entered into places that weren't open to him. For a deep encounter, sometimes the deep encounter leads you to break, to leave the pride and presumptuous, but sometimes you have to leave the pride and presumption for the encounter. It happens both ways, because God is gracious, and he loves us. But at some point, there comes a point where there is no room for pride. There is no room for presumption of what it will look like when I say yes to him. There comes a point in my life, our lives, your life, where the, the page is blank that you sign. And things might not look like how you meant them to look or end up what you wanted them to look like. But God will get the glory. Amen. So point one, when Uzziah dies. He has this encounter with God, and the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. I think it was R.C. Sproul who said, that's not like really, really, really good tacos. <laughs> and I like tacos. Amen. Now I know why you talk about food, honey, because you can just get up here, and then you feel it's just... My breakfast until 2 every day is like coffee. I know it's not healthy, but it's just what I do. And um, so I'm feeling it right now, tacos. My, my dad's here at church, so dad, can you take me to tacos after church? <laughs> All right. Holy, holy, holy. R.C. Sproul said it's like an exponential increase of holiness. Like if you can understand holy to the power of holy. I know it's been a long time since some of us have been in school, but that's a, a lot of numbers, like to the power. 
And then to the power of holy. When we encounter God and all of this stuff fades away and, and we see him in his holiness, it's a lot bigger than we thought. Holy to the power of holy to the power of holy is the Lord God Almighty and the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. If I had points, point number two would be your safe places are shaken. Something Zach said last week, you know, us Las Vegans, born and raised, where are you at? Filling you. Las Vegas born. Why are you laughing at me, Laris? Um, Vegas is our home, right? So I remember having this conversation with my daughter once. I think it was Layla, or maybe, I don't know which one. There's so many. <laughs> and they were like, we don't have, like, stuff in Las Vegas. I'm like, what are you talking We have lots of stuff in Las Vegas. We don't have, like, earthquakes or tornadoes or tsunamis. And I'm like, nope. We have not no hurricane. We don't have none of that stuff. We just have scorpions and heat that's hot as hell. Okay, I meant that in the literal place, not like a cuss word, okay? Jeez, judging me. So we don't understand sometimes like the doorposts in the bathtubs when you're like in places where there's tornadoes and that's like your safe place. That's where you go for security. How many know that sometimes when God calls you and you have to say yes, even the safest places are shaken. Even the things you didn't think God would shake up, he's shaking up. Even the thing you used to fall back on as your safety, as your safety net, even that's shaken a little bit. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, holy to the power of holy, to the power of holy, and everything was shaken. If I had a point, that would be number two. Then he says, woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. You know, point number three, I'm just, this is, Jesus is making it up as he goes along. You see who you are, then you see the world. I think it's so easy for us Christians to see other people's stuff before we see our own. (laughs) But if an encounter with God makes you look at your neighbor before you look at yourself, it's not an encounter with with God, it's just an emotional feeling. Because a real encounter says, oh, God, I see you. And then I see me. And now I can see other people. And it's usually, let me tell you what it's usually like. I know Isaiah has this encounter and he's like this prophet guy, but I'm just going to take it to New Covenant. And this is what usually happens. Usually when you see God high and lifted up and you see him in his holiness, you might see yourself uh, a little like, 
mm. but then you're like, God, but I hear your voice echoing over me that you see the goodness in me, that you see that I'm your daughter and I'm your son and you've called me. And now when you see humanity, you see it through that light, through the love of a saving father. You see it through the loving eyes of our papa. And that's what a real encounter does. It says, God, I see you holy. I see me, and that encounter makes me change. And now I can see all of humanity the way that you see them. And then, point four, I think. Is that point four now? Okay. This is a great step-by-step sermon. The angel touched the coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar, and he touched it to his mouth, and he said, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the broken body of our Lord, the remission of sin. Sometimes I think we take that for granted. The remission of sin. As if I never. Look at that smiling face. She just looked at me. This little baby just smiled as I said that. As if I never. As if I never. As if I never. God, you see purity when you see me. You see holiness when you see me. Anything else is just a lie. It's not the gospel. If you can't see yourself the way God sees you, how are you supposed to live the way God's called you? If you can't see yourself pure and undefiled and holy and a son and a daughter before him, how are you ever going to tell a broken and dying world that God's called them into his heart to be pure and holy and undefiled as if I never? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Point five. We hear the Trinity calling us into our, into our destiny. Who will go for us? The Father, Son, and Spirit beckons us to a yes so that we can respond and do what we're called to do. Who shall I send and who will go for us? And after that, we finally are able to say, here am I, send me. Here am I, I say yes. The real yes, the yes that doesn't come with things attached, the yes that doesn't have our plan in place, the yes that is like standing on a cliff, proverbially, right? Whatever word that is. Thanks. Metaphorically. And saying, God, whatever you have, Sometimes we're like little baby birds that have to get kicked out of our nest because we don't realize that we can fly. Do you know a mom kicks her baby bird out of the nest intentionally? I'm a mom. 
I don't want to kick my birds out of the nest. Stay home forever. Don't ever fly. I think it was last summer, we had um, a nest growing in our, um, our little outside. And we didn't want to mess with it because it was so cute. And all these little birds, beep, 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 all the time. They were like hollering all the time. And eventually, they, the mom kicked them out of the nest. And they slowly made their way across our patio, over the pool, and out our fence to fly away. Sometimes we stay inside our nest way too long. And we get disabled and disformed. And when we were meant to fly, sometimes God has to kick you out. He's nice, though. Sometimes we're waiting for the peace in a situation before we say yes, but the peace will come after we say yes. Sometimes we're waiting for the grace of a situation before we say yes, but the grace comes after we say yes. If you're me, you want the plans before the yes. I would like to know A, B, C, D, Jesus. You're just skipping to Z. And the yes comes, and sometimes the plans come, but sometimes he's just, take a step. Take another step. Keep taking steps over and over and over in the right direction, and you'll reach your destination. Yes, I say yes. Um, there's this awesome scripture, Ephesians 4, 1. In the message translation, it says, In the light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I love how Paul is so honest. I don't know, but I hear so much sarcasm in that statement. Like, here's what I'm going to have you do, because here I am. I'm locked up for Jesus, and you're free. So let me tell you how you're supposed to live free. Am I the only one that hears sarcasm? <laughs> I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road that God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Something happens when we just say yes in the way that there is no other options for us but the yes that Jesus has for us. I feel like Joseph, when he had one dream, Joseph had a dream from God, and then all hell breaks loose. He has a dream. Then he was mocked, imprisoned, talked about, but he had one dream and he kept going. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she was an outcast of her community. For 12 years, she was in pain. She spent all of her money trying to cure herself, and she hears about a man named Jesus. Nothing stopped her in that moment from reaching to the hem of his garment. A yes in her brokenness. 
I think about Mary with an alabaster box. Probably a life's worth of wages. She was saving it for her wedding day, but she met a man. She met someone that was worthy of her yes. So she broke it at his feet. I think about the yeses in my life. The yes to move to Henderson. Plan a church when we had nothing. The yes to give up control. There was this moment in worship years ago. The Lord was like, do you trust me with your kids? Well, don't you understand, God, I have trusted you with everything so far. But there was a letting go. Do you trust me with your babies? Do you trust me when you don't have a check to back up your yes? Do you trust me not just when all hell is breaking loose, but when everything is going good? I think about all the yeses and all the times he was faithful. There's a song we're going to play in a minute. And um song ministered to me so much all throughout my, well, however long it's been written, so years, 10 years, 15 years, I don't know. And it's talking about sometimes with the Lord, it's like standing on the edge of a cliff. And you just have to jump off. But you have wings. And he won't let you fall. There is a glory and a grace in the yeses that we give, in the surrender that we give him, in our heart that just says, I will leave it all behind. I don't know what you need to say yes to this morning. But if you can hear him, he is beckoning you. He's calling you to come and fly with him. Maybe you're like Joseph, one dream, or Moses, one word from God. Or like the woman at the well, 
rejected over and over and over again, abandoned by everybody. But you meet somebody worthy of your yes. Will you just open your heart for a moment? If you need to lift your hands, you can. I'm on the edge of a cliff and I say yes, Papa. Father, minister to your people this morning. Whatever's holding us back from our destiny, whatever we're putting on our conditional yeses, I pray that you would just help us wash all of that away and we would be able to step out into our destiny, step out into our purpose and say yes without any conditions, say yes without any expectations, just say yes to what you have for us. I'm going to do this. I feel like there's people in this place and you've been almost at this crossroads where it's like I can keep living the way I'm living or I can keep going and doing the things I want to do or I can just completely sell out and give him everything. And I'm telling you, he's worth it. He's worth it. There's not one day I would go back and not give him my all. Sometimes it feels like he's asking you to sacrifice something you're not willing to sacrifice. Let me tell you, the sacrifice is worth it. So I want to pray for some of you. I want our team to be ready to pray for some of you. If you're in this place and you're saying, I need to say yes to some things in my life. I'm holding back, God. You're calling me deeper. You're calling me higher. You're calling me to step off the edge. I just want you to come and, and we're going to pray for you. So just come down and um, you can stand or you can kneel at the altar. Yes. We say yes, God. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be okay. You're strong enough. You're big enough. You have wings.
thank you, God, for the grace and the strength and the purposes of heaven to just make our yes, yes, without conditions, not knowing what it looks like. We say yes. We say yes.